This show brought to you by Circle of Seven Productions, www.cosproductions.com. Please be sure to subscribe and welcome to our circle. Hello, everybody. This is Patricia W. Fisher with Readers Entertainment Radio, and I cannot believe it is November 19th. So the year is almost up. We have about six weeks um, to go. And hold on one second. I'm going to fix something here real quick. Um, But in the meantime, if you are looking for um, things to start your Christmas list with, I have something um, wonderful for you. Um, And something that you can also use for um, whether you want it to be a gag gift or a true gift, the Australian Fighter Fires calendar is ready for you to order. And the thing is, the 2021 Australian Firefighter calendar started in 1993, and it supports the Children's Hospital Foundation, funds for research into childhood burns. Um, it's in its 28th year, and the Australian Firefighters calendar has raised over $3.2 million for multiple charities. Um, and this includes Native Animal Rescue, Byron Bay Wildlife Hospital, um, you know, Fauna Rescue, um, Wild Care, Healing Hooves, Safe Haven, I mean, just a ton of different stuff. Um, RACO Life Flight, also they do stuff for veterans. And this year they did something really cool with calendars. So they have all these different types of calendars. And so if you have someone who's not totally into having a shirtless guy with a cute animal on your um, wall or whatever, they also have guys with their shirts on. um, And they also have just the animals. So there's several different types of calendars, and they are ready for you to order and bring home right now. There's also a very cute planner. So check it out, and it's AustralianFirefightersCalendar.com. And so it will um, definitely be a fun gift, and, and you will love it. And speaking of photography, you know, we had Andrew Darlow photographer on about a couple months ago and I asked him to come back because the holidays are coming up and we wanted to have some really good suggestions for how to take all this these different pictures because we're having to get tricky this year because of social distancing so thank you for coming back and talking to us Andrew how are you today oh great thank you for having me on again Patricia yeah it's so you know there's and and I know that this time of year also um there's the the weather is such that it's darker sooner, and so a lot of people might be taking pictures um, during the evening hours and everything. I mean, we'll just jump right into it. You know, what are some – give me five mistakes people make trying to take pictures this time of year, like holiday pictures. Ooh, five mistakes. We'll go the, the negative to be positive. <laughs> okay, let's do it. <laughs> okay, so let's see. Number one is they don't hold their camera or even their smartphone properly. And there is a technique you can find, you know, YouTube gives you so much information. So if you really want to see some technique for holding a camera still, you can just use the appropriate keywords. But if I were to paint a picture uh, with a phone, first of all, you want to use, uh, two hands, and if you happen to have something like a pop socket or even a stand, this is what I do. Mm-hmm. I kick out kick out the stand that's on the back of my iPhone, and I use that to get extra st- stability uh, with my hand. Okay. So I have the pop socket out, I have the stand out, and I'm like, it almost feels like 
a big camera because it's so stable. So, right. uh, you know, with a bigger camera, there's a whole technique with your arms and things and breathing. But with the phone, those are the two best pieces of advice. You can just add some stuff to the back, and it really makes a difference. Right. That's one. Well, give me another that's one. Number one. Yeah. Okay. okay. Another one. Big mistake is people use now. Some in some cases with phones, you only have one real camera. You have like sometimes you have a super wide and a wide. But if you want good pictures of people, you generally want to use the telephoto or the lens if you have it that gives you the most zoom. And okay. even if you have to fake it, there's two ways to fake it. One way is you do like digital zoom, which is like pinching with your fingers. And sure. you will, you'll lose a little bit of quality, but these cameras today are so good that you can often get great pictures, even if you use the digital zoom and you, you kind of uh, use your, your thumb and your uh, forefinger and, and go in there. But I Ideally, you'll, you'll have the actual zoom option on your camera. But there's another trick. And this is one that almost nobody uses because we're always taught to fill the frame with what we want to photograph. Right. But, but I mean, this is kind of like doing the zoom thing in reverse, but if you back up a little bit and have a little more background around the people and then later you go in and crop, that has a okay. similar effect to using a zoom lens. Okay. Okay. So we crop because it and we, yeah. Okay. Perfect. You either go back a little bit and take the picture. If you don't have the zoom, like the built-in zoom, like the 2X lens on an iPhone, if you don't have that, uh, you do one of the, the two things that I mentioned. Now, the other thing, it's not really – it's related to this and you just you should just know why I say this because if you get too close <laughs> to people with a wide angle lens they look like cartoon characters right and it's it's cute for pets but not so much for people <laughs> it's like erase that right now <laughs> yes exactly so and if you're doing selfies you know you're really close up so one of the one of the best tips for selfies even though a lot of photographers kind of say, oh, the selfie stick is like the worst thing ever to happen to humankind, but it really does give you that extra distance. And as long as it's used safely, it can really yeah. create beautiful images. Okay. So that's, that's two. The, the other one is just posi positioning. You kind of want to, uh -huh. you want to have the camera basically at eye height. So when you're looking at the camera, you want to be at eye height and not have the camera too low or too high. And that will give you photographs that look more like you're there with the person talking to them. Okay. Okay. And Perfect. Uh, there, is, there is a technique, though, especially for pets, called the hero technique and, or the hero shot. And you can put a pet, like a little chihuahua, on like a, a table, make sure it's safe and with a really nice background and, and take a picture from pretty low and then the dog will look like uh, a hero, like a superhero. Oh, <laughs> that's awesome. 
if you add if you add a cape and a, and a fan, now now we're talking about you know some really some really fabulous photography. Well, that would be a nice neutral conversation for Thanksgiving, now, wouldn't it? Let's dress up the dog as a superhero. I mean, seriously, that would be fun. Exactly, exactly. Because a lot of times, uh, animals and people are getting new clothing, and then a lot of people like to wear their ugly sweaters. So, right. Um, you know, don't forget. This is the thing that most people forget. First of all, the person who takes the pictures often is the person that ends up not being in any of the pictures. Right. So that's something. And it doesn't take a whole lot of Photoshopped knowledge to, even if you're not like ready to do the time delay, you know, like a um, set it on a tripod and get everyone in the picture, which you can do. But if you, if you're just not up to doing that, what I often do, I did this for one of my relatives 80th birthday is I took the main photo of everyone and then I uh-huh. went into the group shot and someone else photographed me standing in the right position and then later I just dropped myself in. Oh, nice. Okay. Well, that helps too because, yeah, that is, that is always the thing that, like, it's like someone's the designated picture taker um, and then they're never in any pictures. So, yeah. Absolutely. I think it's important to say that you were there. And then, um, was there any more? You had, I think that was four. You had camera at eye height. Well, yeah. mm-hmm. Get yourself in mm-hmm. the picture. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This is especially around the holidays. You know how yeah. sometimes, often, people go through great lengths um, of cooking and making this beautiful spread of holiday food, and then you look back and you remember back and you're like wondering, um, did anyone take a picture of the food? Yeah. <laughs> and I, always, I always try to do that. And it really is nice. And especially for the person who may have spent, you know, eight hours or maybe three days uh, making the food. <laughs> uh, it's really nice to have some, some photographs. So first of all, take pictures of the food. And secondly, think about the lighting for the food. So depending on whether it's day or night, it's probably going to be afternoon uh, or evening. So right. a lot of these cameras today have like a, a dark mode, which is not just for dark situations. It's just for uh, lightly lit or underlit situations. And all you have to do, first of all, is just observe the light that's in the room. If it looks fine and things are lit, just stand in that pose that I was talking about earlier and hold and set your camera so that the night mode is ready. And usually you only have right. to hold your camera still for about half a second. This is more for, for smartphones. And then just press the button really, really slowly. Or you can take press the button. Usually uh, the volume up button is also the shutter on a lot of smartphones. Okay. So even, even with like the not, um, low light, you can get absolutely beautiful uh, photographs. Now, here's another tip, and this is one that I shared in, in my book. It's uh, if I'm, everyone pretty much has an LED light built into their smartphone. Right. So what you what you can do is if you have a bunch of people around, you kind of go into concert mode and ask everyone to take out their phone, turn on their LED, and go ahead and uh, aim it toward 
the food. And I think you'll see, uh, depending on how much light was there before, uh, sure. you, you can then adjust it a little bit. But it's a great way to illuminate the whole uh, spread of food. Well, and I think, too, it also, it's memories. You know, I mean, someone's worked however long or, um, like, some families will, okay, you make this and I'll make this and, you know, everybody has their part. And it all comes together. And then, you know, in 20 years, when you're looking at it going, oh, wow, yeah, we used to make this or we used to have that. And food can really be some amazing memories and conversations for later. Uh, so, yeah, I would think food, mm-hmm. the taking pictures of the food would be a big deal. Of course, you have to be willing to share the recipes, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it's kind of like, like looking at a Food Network show and you don't really get all the information, but you get enough to be inspired if you want to try to make it. Right. And then what do you, I mean, for video, I think that family get-togethers are also a really good way to, um, like if you gave it to a kid, uh, whether, say, a middle school kid, okay, go around and interview everyone and get their favorite Thanksgiving memory or Christmas memory or Hanukkah memory, what you know, whatever. Um, huh? And then, you know, do is that a good way to um, you know gather a photographic you know um, you know timeline of events for family gatherings and and what what kind of um, lighting I mean go by the same thing just kind of adjust as you go uh, what what would you suggest for that? Okay, well I think that is a fantastic idea. Very few people do that, and then you look back and you're like, well we have this photo of Grandpa and this like three-second video of grandma, but we don't really have them speaking about their yeah. life or about memory. So I think it's outstanding. And as far as capturing that, first of all, I would dedicate a room that's quiet for doing that. And you don't have to take people away for very long uh, because there's really nothing more annoying than someone talking during an interview and then you hear all this background noise and yelling and things like that. Sure. So that would be the first tip. And as far as lighting, generally you will want to get a tripod because you're going to want to look at the people while they're talking to you and you don't want to keep like looking just to, through the screen. I'm talking, most people are going to use a smartphone for this. So sure. you really want to be, uh, just put it on a tripod. There are inexpensive tripods that you can find of any height. If you get a table, you can get a little table tripod. Some of them just are as simple as a big clip, and it just clips on, and just keep an eye on it so it doesn't uh, fall off the table or fall down. And so that's kind of your stability. And have them sit down. You want to have the camera at about eye height and Okay. Make sure with video, if you're the person in charge of video, here's the one thing about video, especially on smartphones, you have different options. You have HD, you have 4K. And if you choose 4K, yes, you will get like a lot more pixels. But unless you are planning to present this at a major banquet or something, and it has to be like presented in, in a movie theater, uh, I would say for most people, since you generally, most people don't have a whole lot of space on their phone, I would mm-hmm. use HD, 
HD, okay. and then you often have an option an option of 30 or 60 frames per second. Now, okay. Okay. If you if you do have enough space, I would choose 60 just because it does look much better, and especially if the lighting is not great. But otherwise, HD 30. And as far as the audio, I wouldn't go crazy. Yes, there are ways that you can do um, a lavalier and everything. But if if you're separating in, in a separate room for a little bit, then I would say just the tripod is more important, and the audio will be just fine. So okay. so that's that. And then the lighting. So for lighting, generally you don't want a big light right in the center of the room coming straight down, although you can have that as like a fill, but you really want one key light, which it's called, or a main light, and that could be something as easy as a um, side table lamp that's turned on and put fairly close uh, so that it lights. Usually you're going to have one or two people speaking. And then these these cameras are so good that, you know, try to add just an overall light if you can. If you have to bring your own light, you can always get a inexpensive, they're called shop lights with an LED bulb. And I would recommend if you're going to choose like a color temperature, something in the neighborhood of 4,000 Kelvin. That's getting a little more advanced, but really for $10, <laughs> you, you can have a fixture and uh, you want to put some kind of diffusion over it, which could be something like the, they have this wrap that you use that clings to plates. It comes in a roll, mm-hmm. I forget the name of it, mm-hmm. but it, it has like a, a frosty wrap. appearance. Mm-hmm. And you, it's like saran wrap, but it, it's frosted. And so oh, yeah. okay. it has like little tiny suction cups, it, like tiny, tiny microscopic suction cups that when you, put this over a plate or something, it kind of... Uh, it, oh, it I know. It's the press and seal. Like press and seal? Yes. Yes, yes. that's perfect. So that, that you yes. can just put on the front. Obviously, be a little careful about heat. But just uh, that's perfect because generally a, a bulb close by not, is not going to look great just shining on someone. So when you diffuse sure. it, and this is about the easiest way I can think of for someone to, to diffuse it, uh, or you can you could get a, a big board if you happen to have something that's white, like a big uh, or a sheet. If you really wanted to, you could use like a white sheet and hang it, and then you bounce the light into the sheet or a wall, and that okay. creates beautiful light. So these are all ways of getting really nice light in a family type situation at a party without really doing too much work. Right. And, I mean, what are your thoughts on, you know, someone's going in and taking pictures, but um, candid versus posed? I mean, do you feel like um, it's one is, is a, I guess it depends on the family, though. But, I mean, I love candid mm-hmm. shots. Um, yeah. Because, I, you know, you always have someone who's like, oh, I hate how I look in pictures. Please don't take my picture. And then every once in a while you get that great picture of them laughing or like really in a moment um, that they that you never would have grabbed otherwise. Right. Um, well, here's what. Yeah. Yep. I, I think that you make a lot of good points. Here's the thing. I would say to everyone, I was uh, quote unquote hired as the family photographer, and I'm going to be taking pictures throughout the evening. However, I will not post 
anything publicly until everyone has a, a look at the gallery I'm going to set up, and then you can decide, you can tell me if any of them are objectionable, and we won't share those on Facebook or anything. That way people will be, I think, a little less stressed about that. Sure. Oh, that's a wonderful idea. Yeah. Just kind of give everyone a heads up, and then, yeah, you won't just, like, throw them out in the middle of everything. Um, exactly. So one of the things that I wanted to talk to you about was, you know, with the holidays coming, and, and you've, you've got a lot of different ages. And, you know, taking pictures is something that I've done since, you know, I had the little 110 camera, and, of course, I mm-hmm. thought they looked brilliant through the viewfinder, and they were all terrible. Um, but, mm-hmm. you know, now that we've got smartphones and all this other stuff, but if, if what age do you feel like, and I guess it also depends on the child's maturity level, but what age do you feel like the kids are ready for like a DSLR and then what, where do you think parents should start? With that? Well, that's, that's difficult because I think that most kids would be best if they started with a smartphone that did not have a phone plan or a way to text or anything that would, the that they could get to apart from just the photog the photography aspect of it because okay. I think you know at age six or eight you know it, the smartphone is perfect because you get this big screen and you they can walk around. I know my son when he was only I don't know four five six he would set up his stuffed animals and I would see these pictures appear on my phone like if I wasn't looking like if I just handed him my phone maybe for a second to, to, to right. play something. And so I, I thought, I, I think that's great. It's just with all the other stuff that's accessible on, you know, via the internet, I think that it would be great if you could dedicate an older phone to a child that cannot get to the internet, but can take pictures, which all of them that have cameras can. Yeah. That's ama- That's an amazing idea. So those older phones that are just sitting in the drawer or that you can't trade in for anything would be great ideas mm-hmm. just to do pictures. Wow. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mm-hmm. laugh about your comment about all the animals, the stuffed animal pictures, because every, mm-hmm. you know, I'll, I'll go to target sometimes and kids are like, can we, you know, look around for gift ideas? Sure. And then it's next, the next day I'm like, why do I have 35 pictures of Legos? Oh, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Those are the ideas. Those are, I think those are hints, hints. Yes, yes, it helps um, with all the other 2,000 Legos that we already have, um, at least 2,000. Um, yeah. But, yeah, I, I didn't actually consider that it's kind of a perfect idea with the smartphones um, to give it to a kid just to, just to learn the camera part. Um, mm-hmm. Now, do you have – so say someone already has a camera. So give me some right. photo-related gifts that you might suggest. So if they have a camera like a digital SLR or a, a mirrorless camera, it could even be a compact camera. I think a lens, if they don't have a lens that's appropriate for what they love to take pictures of, then a lens would be good. And for most people, like a 28 to 200 millimeter lens is a great range and not very expensive, not too heavy for the most part, and that's just a really good range. Somewhere in, in that, there's an 18 to 135 from Canon 
that is outstanding. And that covers probably 90% of what any young person would want to uh, take pictures of because you get the super wide and then you get the uh, even pictures like of butterflies and things like that. Um, sure, sure. And then, so we've got all these pictures now. Um, what are your thoughts on putting pictures, you know, printing them and say giving them as gifts? So say someone wants to do pictures in a, like a book or they want to do pictures on canvas versus pictures in print. I mean, where do you see the best ways or um, places that you've used to get that done? Okay, well, I have a lot of ideas on this. First of all, there really is no better option, in my opinion, for most people than Canvas because okay. it's, it's easy to find companies who make them. A lot of the big box retailers even offer it. At least at some point in the past, Costco has offered it. They may still offer it. And yes. so you really cannot go wrong with, with Canvas. Like a 16 by 20 will be treasured by whoever receives it and it's it's lightweight to ship and easy to hang on the wall and you don't need that much resolution like you can use a smartphone image and often even get that up to 16 by 20 and it will still look good as long as it was sharp to start with so that's my right. opinion on can on canvas and then the other option which i recommend to Everyone, I've been recommend, re- recommending this for years, and that is make a print, whether you have your own printer or you can go to just a number of places and get 4 by 6 or 5 by 7 I like 5 by 7 as mm-hmm. an ideal size for a gift print. And then also get a mat that holds a 5 by 7 and that the outer size is 8 by 10 or okay. maybe if you want to get fancy, some of them have multiple openings. But just to keep it simple, if you just give someone a 5 by 7 print of maybe you with them or them alone and um, some kind of really nice print that you make and then you put it in a mat, you don't have to buy the frame. Just let them buy the frame. You can find an 8 by 10 frame. Uh, you almost can't go outside uh, uh, without tripping over an 8x10 frame. They're all over the place. They're sold everywhere. Right. right. So, so, and then it, they can get that to match their, their decor and they will treasure that forever. And your total investment, are you waiting, is probably less than 3 or $4. Yeah. I, I, yeah, that's it's a good point about letting them pick the frame because you just never know what someone wants. But setting it up, and to be put in the frame is, is an amazing idea. Um, and I've also seen people actually sign the matting. So, you know, mm-hmm. you have a picture of all of us, and then everybody signs it, or they'll sign you know, when uh, the picture was taken or who's in it. Um, you know, those are all really nice little touches as well. Uh, yeah. And, yeah. 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 But I, I do have a comment about that. I mean, this is – you might call it mm, – I don't know if I'm trying to think of the word. I don't want to use the word snobbish. I just want to use the word that is kind of you can like be snobbish. In the art world, in the art world, you would never I don't like to use the word never, but almost never would you sign a mat because it's the print that has the real value and if they get separated. But 
for family and for and for ease. I mean, if you've ever tried to put a print with the, just the right amount of white spacing around it into a mat so you can sign just in the bottom right under where the print ends and then a little bit of let the, the, if there's some white space. I mean, this is really difficult. This is what a lot of artists do. And then what a lot of artists do, the really high-end artists, is they just sign the back. But that really does not um, let anyone know anything about it. So, right. so I like that. I, like, I personally do the in-between where I actually sign the white space in-between. But then you have to do the math. Uh, you don't want a 5 by 7 print anymore. You want like a 4 and a half by 6 and a half, And then you want to and have white space around and then you can sign it. So, and I'll give you a little tip. There's a product for that's great for signing semi-gloss and glossy photos. You can even sign matte, matte pictures that are on like paper type uh, materials. It's called the Sakura, S-A-K-U-R-A. Uh, okay. Pigma, P-I-G-M-A, Micron. And these are really nice pens that can write on almost every photo surface, especially the ones that you get from places like Costco and Walmart. Sure. Oh, wow. So now we've taken care of the people. So what about pets? What, you know, what kind of tips do you have for taking pictures of pets for the holidays? Okay, so for pets, the first thing that I would recommend is to do a group shot and include the pets. Now, this can really be challenging but it's so worth it because whether the pet is big enough to sit uh, by themselves or whether they're held by someone uh, there's a couple things that go into getting great pet pictures but let's just talk about the group shot so everyone is sitting uh, maybe there's a couple rows maybe there's one row of chairs depending on how many people are, are in the family photo and then the main photographer takes the main picture and we can use that technique I talked about earlier and the pets right. either are being held or they're sitting up front. Now, if they're being held, what, and this is the same thing with babies, people have this urge to be looking down at the baby or the pet to see if they're looking at the camera, but guess what? Guess who's not looking at the camera when people do that? <laughs> right, you are. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I always tell the people, don't worry, I'm looking at Fifi, don't worry, I'm going to talk to Fifi, just everyone look at me, I'll take care of Fifi, and then I start um, barking or making funny sounds, or uh, as I talked about in my last call with you, I, I, I have a squeaky, or you can get uh, squeaky sounds from YouTube, there's all kinds of ways to get these great sounds so that the dog, uh, or, or cat even, will look at you and you just keep taking pictures until you know that you, you got the photo and then you leave a space for you, the photographer, and then you keep the camera where it was in the basic, basically the same spot. And then someone takes a picture of you and then you drop yourself in. Nice. Nice. And I mean, I think too, when you have, I mean, honestly, when you have more than two people in a picture, taking a picture, and of course when it's a big group, um, you know, advice for being okay with not everybody being perfectly aligned and looking at the camera. <laughs> okay. Oh, I have the best tip. I mean, this, this is one that even after 20 years, a lot of photographers, they just don't know. There's this magic 
thing that happens in the universe when you say the following. One, two, three, cheese. And when that word cheese enters the room, everybody's face lights up and the smiles uh, come out. And I can't explain it. It's like magic. And you do that three times, I can almost guarantee. Uh, worst case is sometimes you have to drop a head from one picture into, into another. And if you personally don't know how to do that stuff, there are people online, I'm not going to give any websites or anything, that, that will do that for you very inexpensively. Nice. I know one year we had, um, like, my grandfather and then, you know, all the grandkids on that side. And my second child was just not having it that day. I just don't know what it mm-hmm. was. But she was mm-hmm. absolutely not having it. And so all the grandkids are in the picture, and my great-grand, me and my grandfather and everybody, and he, in every picture she is just scowling. And so it mm-hmm. didn't matter what we did. She wasn't going to do it. So we got the picture of my four kids, and everybody's smiling, the dog's in the picture, and she's just scowling. And I said, I'm going to use this picture for our, <laughs> our, right. our cards. And she was just like, Rah. and I said, all right. And I did. Um, now, I did put a picture of them all smiling on the back, but the main mm-hmm. one was the, her scowling right. and everyone else laughing or smiling. And I got the most feedback from that picture mm-hmm. because they were all like, oh, thank God, not everything is perfect. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? So um, I found it funny that it's like the imperfect moments actually were people were like, oh, yep, there it is. <laughs> Yes, absolutely. And I, I like that too. I think it's, it's, it's a little bit of reality and um, no one got hurt, you know, just, right. She was just having her, her moment. And um, there is another tip that if you happen to have a smartphone, like any recent iPhone, I, I don't know if Android has this, but there's something called live photos. It's, you can enable it just by yes. pressing Yes, tell me about that. What is the difference between that and just a regular picture? Well, the main thing is you not only get a still photograph when you take the picture, you also get a short video Okay. of I don't know how many seconds. I think it's three seconds or so. And then just right on the phone, you can go in there and loop it. It's so much fun. Uh, Or repeat it or loop it. There's different ways to do it or make it go like front to back like, uh, so that the person looks like they're going back and forth and back and forth. Uh, or this is really great because this could have possibly been used for your daughter if at some point, like, there was a second or two in which she wasn't, you know, in her moment. You could have gone into a live photo and then gone into all the frames, almost like you were looking at a movie film, and you can choose uh-huh. an alternate frame from that still photo that is also a smart photo. And I've done that sometimes just to get just the right moment. And then you can make that what's called the key photo and use that okay. instead. Okay. That's wow. really amazing. Yeah, it's it's interesting that we all tend to get, you know, we want the a great phone and a great camera and what have you, and then we get it. And, I mean, what do people use even – half of the stuff that they're able to use their phones and their cameras for on average? No, no. Most people don't use nearly as much. Most people who have digital SLRs just put it on auto. And my goal with my most recent book 
Nauta's focus in filter was to get people off of auto mode, kind of take those training wheels off and right. and explore some other things like aperture priority and shutter priority. Because when you do, it's like a whole nother tool. It's like a whole, you've like, you've gone from like 16 crayons to 16,000 crayons. Just right. by learning a couple, a couple things, you have all this, creativity at your fingertips it just takes a little bit of of experimenting and it's cool because your book i mean you know it's the focus and filter and it's 50 tips to shoot like a pro and the chapters are short um you've got some amazing advice in here super easy to read um and if you get the print book it's small enough that you could like tuck it in a camera bag you could tuck it in the bag i mean it's it's just really easy. So if you're sitting around one day going, oh, hey, I might look up this. And then your chapters are so easy to read. Um, you, know, you could just pop over to that one and you know exactly what you want to do. So um, it just, it's been really helpful. I, my, uh, my kids have actually, I had to go find it because they had taken the book. So. <laughs> That's nice. That makes me feel good <laughs> that it's, it's being looked at. And that makes, I, I really thank you for those comments. And, when you well, if you speak to almost any author, and you speak to a lot of them, so much time and effort goes into crafting every word and every sentence, and it's so nice when somebody tells you that it really made a difference for them. Yeah, well, and if you any if those of you who are listening, mastering food photography at home is tip forty-five. So when you're taking picture of Grandma making that pie that she's been up since four o'clock in the morning making the crust from scratch, you're going to get a real good picture. Um, so, you know, yes. know that. You know, I have to tell you because you know, there's a lot of people in this world that they're up really early and they've been planning for days. And my grandmother was, um, you know, one of those people. She was up at 4 in the morning on Thanksgiving and, you know, didn't want anyone to help her, but, you know, it, everything. Mm-hmm. So one year my aunt, um, well, my, my uncle's wife said she would make Thanksgiving dinner. And this was, I was in college at this point. So my grandmother's in her late 60s and um, so she's like well that would be really nice and I showed up late so my brother answered the door and he's like you don't want to come in here and I was like "Uh uh-oh what happened well the aunt had ordered everything like she didn't make (laughs) anything (laughs) wow yeah I really wish I had had camera that at that time because that was a tense day (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, that reminds me of an episode, I don't know if you've seen it, of Everybody Loves Raymond, that if you haven't seen it, look up Tofurky. Yes! <laughs> yes. <laughs> and yeah, the mom is, is like, am funny. I sleepwalking? <laughs> she like, comes yes. to her house to eat. Yes. Yes. <laughs> it's funny. great. And they were what, eating Thanksgiving dinner at like one in the morning or something. It was wonderful. Um, that show is funny. (laughs) So, you know, you've got all these great um, suggestions, but is is there, I mean, you like the Canon uh, cameras. I mean, that's kind of your your gig, right? I mean, that's kind of who you tilt towards. I mean, they're all great, but that's kind of your thing. I have a lot. I have a few different ones for different things, but Canon and Sony are my two main DSLR mirrorless, type cameras, the big cameras. So I have both because each one does yeah. something a little different for me. Yeah. 
Do you suggest, I mean, if someone's, let's say they get a camera, um, you know, you've got videos online, you've got YouTube videos, and then you've got a ton of information on your websites and all the links uh, to Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, all of it are in the write-up of the show, as well as the uh, link for your book. Um, but do you, you know, is there any particular class, like if someone's saying, I'd like to learn how to use my camera, do the different, um, the different camera companies have like online classes? I would say your best place to start is YouTube and put in your specific camera. Okay. And you will, you will probably have more than you could ever watch. But <laughs> look at the ones that have really high thumbs up percentages and ones that maybe are trying to teach you something specific. Right. That's right. And I also have a, a 50 video series. People can just go to um, the special link that I set up for you last time and we'll keep it the yeah. same and they can, they can yeah. find the link there. It's back. It's really simple. Backup.fm forward slash P W F. Perfect. And I will have that link in the right above the show, too, so people can see that as well. So, And then you have your cute book. So if you if you've, um, are wanting some dog ideas, um, Andrew also has Pet Photography 101. And then he's got Biscuit for Your Thoughts, which is philosophy according to dogs. And he did all the pictures of this cute book. And there's this cute little uh, pug named Biscuit who's on the front. And um, super fun. And it's actually a really good idea to give as a gift. Like Biscuit has some amazing insight, philosophical insight. So um, it is a very cute book uh, for, well, thank, for, thank you. for any I was, dog lover. <laughs> I was honored. All my other books, actually I've done four books so far from different public. Uh, well, some are the same publisher. But out of the four books, that's the only one that's more or less a quote-unquote art book. All the others are how-to books, nonfiction. But this is one that is very close to my heart because it's, hardcover, it's like a coffee table book, and it really celebrates the amazing life uh, and companionship that we have with dogs. And they paired my photographs with what I think are the most amazing philosophical sayings. I couldn't really ask for anything better than that. And it's sweet because it's about um, eight by eight. So you can put it in your bag, you can put it in your purse, your backpack, and you can take it with you. So you can always have philosophical insight from Biscuit. Very, very good idea. So I really appreciate you coming by today. Thank you, Andrew, so much. Well, thank you. This is so much fun, as always. And I yes. can't wait to maybe chat again. Who knows what will be next? I know, the new year. Let's just uh, sit here and say it's going to be better next year. 2021 is going to be uh, it's going to be a good year. It's it's we're yeah. going to go on the right trajectory. It's all going to it's all going to be okay. So, yes, but in the meantime, I believe so. take lots of pictures of your friends and your family and your dogs and the animals that roam around your house and what have you. So uh, why not just have some visual history there for you? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So this has been Patricia W. Fisher with Readers Entertainment Radio, and I've been talking to photographer Andrew Darlow, and he's got a book out, Focus and Filter, that you can get right now. You can also look him up on his website, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, LinkedIn, and he's got a special link that you can go in and look at these 50 videos that he has for photography tips and all sorts of good information, and that is also in the link to the write-up 
is in the write-up of the show. So thank you again, Andrew, and we will absolutely touch base again for 2021, and maybe we'll talk about getting some really cool beach pictures. Oh, awesome. Well, thank you, Patricia. I'm already <laughs> going to uh, – I'm getting my, my swim trunks on right now. Fabulous. Well, stay warm, though, because I'm sure it's a bit chilly where you are. <laughs> yes, it is. Okay. <laughs> Thanks Thank so you. much. Everybody okay, stay warm and keep on reading. This show brought to you by Circle of Seven Productions, www.cosproductions.com. Please be sure to subscribe and welcome to our circle. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.